Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Meyer, a doctor of physical therapy committed to helping people live healthfully, joyfully, and push past even their own expectations for their life. Friends, I'm so excited to bring you this next interview. This very strong woman shares some awesome insight on navigating loss and also discusses the importance of really looking within and asking ourselves what we truly want out of this life and how to think about our physiological response to events and things that we do on a daily basis and use that physiological response to keep tabs on how we're feeling. This is so important because it helps us to make sure that the things that we are doing on a daily basis align with our goals and align with things that make us feel good and positive and motivated in our lives. I know you'll enjoy. Here's the interview. It is my pleasure to have Shannon Mulcahy on the program today. She is a sports psychology consultant, and I'm so excited to hear more about her own personal journey and some of her insights. So welcome, Shannon. Thanks for having me, Gina. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Before we get started, I would love it if you would tell the listeners a little bit more about you and your background, Shannon. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a sports psychology consultant, as you said, which means that I help athletes on the mental side of sports, which has been an absolute joy to do over the last several years. I have a pretty long background as an athlete myself, so it's been really rewarding being able to you know, transfer some of my own lessons, but also, you know, through education, through through jobs, through work and all of that, be able to shape, you know, combine all of that to help athletes. So they're finding joy in sport. They're learning how to, you know, stay more focused while they're racing, but also how to take these skills outside of sport and, you know, transform their lives. Yeah. Yeah, I love this so much. And it aligns so well with sort of the mission um, behind the podcast is to harness that athlete mindset and how we can use that to navigate all of our struggles in life. So I was so excited when we connected. (laughs) And um, I realized that that's what you're doing for your life life's work. I think that's awesome. So very happy to have you on. Um, Let's go ahead and jump right into it. And um, let's talk a little bit about speaking of challenges. um, Let's talk about some of the challenges that you faced in your life, Shannon, and um, you know, how how it is that you came to rise and and get through those challenges. Yeah. So back in December of 2013, uh, I was in college at the time, and my dad passed away very, very unexpectedly. And honestly, that was probably the first, like, true hardship that I had to go through in life, which is a blessing and a curse in itself. Uh, you know, you don't want to go through hardships, but you're also not always prepared for when things like that happen. And it, like, it it rocked my entire world. It shook everything up. Uh as, as losing a parent would for anybody, you know, yeah. you don't expect that to be an easy task, but somehow through all of that, I had this moment where I kind of realized that I got to choose how I move forward from that experience. And I remember being in school and one of my classmates' parents had passed away and they suddenly became the person whose parent died. And I all of a sudden was like, oh my God, that's, me that's how people are going to be viewing me and I did get that from some people of you know my identity changed for them but I I had this moment where I realized I get to choose the narrative and I get to choose how I move forward from this and you know I of course 
you know, grieved my dad. And, but I also took his optimism, his love for life, you know, all of the really good qualities that he taught me and, you know, really just focused on harnessing them myself and bringing like essentially his legacy into the world through myself, through my actions, through how I work with other people. Uh, and I chose to make that, you know, part of my grieving process, but also how I took control back over my personal identity throughout this. And I don't, it's, it's one of those things where once you go through something of that caliber, it's hard to find something that's going to affect you that much. So whether it's like, you know, going through grad school or finishing an Ironman or whatever it is, when things get tough, I always can go back to that moment of, you know, I have gone through one of the hardest things a person can go through. I can get through it. And I lean on, you know, my own personal strength because you've gone through just something so, so hard. So it's taught me just like so many lessons, but also, um, and maybe this is something that only someone who has lost a parent can say, but like you try to take the lessons from it and like see the good. There isn't any good, but you try to at least stay optimistic is maybe a more appropriate way of wording it. But yeah. Yeah. I like so many things that you said. And as you know, I lost my mom and actually she, I lost her very unexpectedly as well. So okay. it was the same kind of just shocking loss. And, um, and I, I love so many of these things that you just said. And one is that we do truly get to choose our narrative after something terrible like this happens. And it, it, it really would be so easy to give up and let it define us. And it really does take work and, um, uh, this, grit and perseverance to decide that you're going to turn it into something positive like you're talking about and that we really do get to choose how we move forward. And in my opinion, and it sounds like yours as well, the best way that we can honor these loved ones that we've lost is to go on and live a vibrant life, um, making a difference in this world and, you know, living a life that makes us happy as well. So it sounds like that's what you've chosen. And I agree, like the struggle of losing a parent, there's nothing that compares to it. And it's very hard to understand it if you have not been through it. Um, so, and then by that same token, um, knowing that you can't quite understand if you haven't experienced a loss like that is, is a tool to put in your back pocket as well so that you can realize when you're trying to help a friend or a family member, um, just how traumatic it can be um, to go through that struggle. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, so you, how do you feel like you ultimately were able to rise through that, Shannon? Did you feel like you already had strength within you that you just sort of had to tap into? Or did you have to develop something new to get through that challenge of losing your dad? I would say probably a combination. I mean, the, my dad passed away. I think it was like a week or two or three, you know, somewhere around that two or three weeks before I had to take finals in college. And luckily, you know, my college gave me some grace in a couple of my professors let me like, you know, not finish the class. One or two said, you know, be there and take that final or else. But having something that more or less forced me, like you need to either go to class and finish this, you're gonna have to, you know, retake this entire semester, you know, those types of things kind of forced me to like, get it together almost and maybe I was doing the bare minimum but some things I just didn't have a choice in like the accountability of going to work or going to class that that strangely did help um but I I also remember going through the experience and I was a very pessimistic person uh I was I didn't always have the best attitude I was in many ways like not the greatest human (laughs) um attitude wise prior to all of this and it seemed I I can't explain it, but it almost seemed like 
you know, a light switch that after my dad died, like he was the really optimistic one. And then all of a sudden I just became very optimistic and I don't know if it was, you know, intentional or not. It definitely had a very, uh, you know, helpful effect afterwards and getting me through the loss of him and like even just in general moving forward in life. But I wish I could say that there were specific things I did that were very helpful. There, there really wasn't. But I, I think even just leaning on the lessons that you already have, because even if you're not aware of them, you know, most often we have people around us that are teaching us really important life lessons. And if we truly listen and pay attention to them, you know, they are there and they can help and guide us. It's just tapping into what those lessons actually are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, I think that's so powerful that after your dad passed that you were able to take on some of these attributes um, that you recognized were so beautiful in him. And that's just super awesome and a great way to honor him. Um, I know he's, he's smiling down, I'm sure. Um, was there anyone who said something specific that you remember that was really helpful at that time, Shannon, um, that you'd like to share? You know, it's, I don't remember like specific comments that people made, but I more so remember everybody grieves in their own way. So giving people that space to grieve and process in their own way, but also I guess it was more an action that was really helpful. Um, but my friends, uh, by not knowing what to do, actually that was the best thing in allowing me to continue to be myself and give me a place to go where I didn't have to be Shannon who was grieving her dad just dying. You know, when you take people that are 18, 19, 20, 22 years old, they don't always know how to handle this. And so by my friends still allowing me to like, you know, go out to lunch and just eat a sandwich and talk about, you know, economics class and not the harder things in life. It strangely was like the most calming and helpful. Um, So I don't know if there's something specific to ever really say, but just letting people process and grieve in their own ways is that like incredibly important yeah yeah I think you're so right and the journey for everyone is different and even the journey that you'll go on you know you'll be on for the next however many years is going to look different than someone else who may have lost their father as well you know and that's definitely important to recognize um so great. Well, let's let's um, shift gears a little bit and talk about um the pandemic and just kind of how your strength that you developed through losing your dad, um, how you've been able to use that navigating this crazy new world that we're living in with COVID-19. And, and also, you know, since I know that you're, um, a mindfulness coach for um, sports, maybe you can give us some insight too on just harnessing those mental skills as we're navigating this new normal and how to sort of um, put our best foot forward and remain positive. Luckily for me, I do at least 50% of my work uh, remotely or online, even prior to COVID hitting and everything. So it, I feel very lucky and very fortunate that I haven't been impacted super significantly. Uh, so I, I wouldn't really say that I've had to, you know, this is like a super challenging time for me personally, but it definitely going through hardship has allowed me I think to just better connect with the athletes that I do work with who have lost their jobs or have lost family members or who are just really scared and worried right now. And empathy is very underrated and very like underseen. Um, Empathy is a really, really huge tool and skill. So the challenges that I've gone through have just really helped me connecting 
with athletes and understanding, you know, we're all going to experience hard things. What I go through that's hard is not harder or less hard than what somebody else goes through. We all experience adversities and challenges and, you know, remembering that for someone right now, the hardest thing for them could be that they're just not able to really leave their house and go see their friends and their mental health is suffering because they're the social butterfly and they're not able to get out as much. And that, you know, some people are like, that's not hard or that's not important, but it, it is these things that do impact our mental health and it, it starts to affect your training and it starts to affect your quality of work, your quality of life. All these things, they do matter. They, they really, really matter. And I work primarily with endurance athletes and for them, like racing isn't happening. And so we're trying to navigate this. Do you want to do time trials? Do you want to not race at all? And having people get to a place where they're able to recognize, here's what I would like to do instead of here's what I should be doing because we're so easily falling into this pattern of I should do this. I should do this. Or like, this is what society expects of me. And you think back to like March, late March, when everything first started shutting down and every single like trainer was, you know, doing like Instagram classes. And there was so much like, you should do this. You should bake sourdough bread. You should do all of these things. <laughs> and you feel guilty when you're not doing all the things that everybody else around you is doing. And that's bad enough when we're not in a pandemic. But right now, the best thing for people, athletes and just everyone, is to just find the things that truly are bringing them joy. And whether that's you go run 50 miles in one day or you're like, I'm just going to do yoga flows for a little while and ease off of training and let my body and my mind heal. Those are all great options. But helping people lean into that is really what I've been focusing my work on lately. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. And I think you make a great point when you say that we all experience hard things and we just can't compare one hard thing to another. Um, and also acknowledging that while it may seem to be something small, it can still affect mental health. And so we really I had someone on the podcast um, who talked about taking a temperature check on yourself and sort of really tapping into how you're feeling. And I think this is so important to do, especially when we're overwhelmed and we're at home and some of us have children on top of us and, you know, everything different. And so sometimes mm -hmm. it's hard to slow down and do that temperature check and say to yourself, you know, how am I feeling? How am I doing? Am I overwhelmed? You know, do I feel sad, etc. Um, and then you make a great point too, by saying that we, this is the opportunity to say, instead of what should I do, what do I want to do? Some of us don't even know how to say that, Shannon. Like we don't, we just, we, all we do is do the things we should do and we never have time for anything else. So I know um, it's really a mind mindset shift to think about those things, right? Yeah, and I can't tell you how many athletes, when I'm talking with them, that'll uh, even ask them that question, and they just respond back repeatedly, like, I don't, I don't know. And I'll, you know, sometimes it's even probing them and ask, you know, trying to, you know, ask guiding questions, because I don't want to tell them what they want to do. That's the exact opposite of what the question is. And some people just, you know, and I, I've experienced it myself as well, but when everything is kind of taken from you when it comes to, you know, racing, training, when everything that you expected to happen is gone. And then you're actually left with like, what do I want to do for this month? What do I want to do today? You have, you know, two hours. What do you want to do? And we don't know. So some of it's even just building the skill of developing. What do you want to do? What is your opinion? Even if you have to do things that you don't want to do in life, because of course we're all going to have to do that. 
just even getting more clear on what you do want and being able to advocate for it, say it, lean into it, do it. Huge. Yeah, you know, this is something that I don't, I, I, I don't think about it very much because, because I myself do it a lot, maybe to my own detriment, but you're so right. Building that skill of asking yourself, what do I want? Like almost on a daily basis, you get up. Of course, there are things you don't want to do, but, but what do you want to do? You know, what makes this life joyful and fulfilling mm-hmm. and asking ourselves these questions? I love that thinking about building that skill of, you know, really tapping into the things that bring you joy and the things that you excel at and owning your craft and all of those things. Um, so, so great. And I also like how, Shannon, I think that's applicable a little bit too if people are wanting to get involved in some of the current events and and help in the push for social justice or make a difference or any of that, asking yourselves, what do I what do I want? How do I want to help? And how can I go about it? It takes a little self-reflection, but practicing building that skill of asking, what do I want and how can I help? I think can be valuable um, giving all, given all the things that are going on in our world as well. So um, thank you for that. Um, okay. So as we sort of move towards the end, um, any other positive vibes that you would like to put out there for women who are struggling at this time or just looking for inspiration? So when it comes to inspiration, and this is going to kind of pair with what I was just saying of like what we should do versus what we want to do and finding that. But if you're looking for inspiration, be very mindful of your use of social media. That is both a blessing and a curse. And I know social media gets a really bad rap sometimes for like stay off of it and just all of this stuff. It, if you're following the right people uh, and it does, the right people is defined by who you see it to be. It, seeing someone else do something motivates you to also do something similar. Then great. You know, keep leaning into that. If it makes you feel jealous or is making you feel inadequate, it, you know, you're like, you're not good enough. It's giving you, uh, just not great feelings, like checking in emotionally. If someone's not making you feel great, you know, stop following them. Don't check them. But leaning into that feeling within your gut, within yourself of, does this feel like something that is inspiring to me? Once you're getting more clear on asking yourself what you want to do, sometimes you don't know, but if, if someone throws out like five or 10 different suggestions, if you like physiologically respond to one of them. Even if it's just like, we're going to go get ice cream tonight and you get so excited and you feel like your stomach kind of like you feel the little butterflies in your stomach and you're like, Oh, like that sounds great. It's a small thing, but lean into those, those things. And a lot of times your body can tell you before your mind is really able to fully grasp it yet. Uh, So I have a lot of people do like just body checks for inspiration, for motivation. You might find it, and you're surprised that it's already there. Yeah, this is so cool. I love this. I love this idea of thinking how you um, physiologically respond to things. I mean, that is just such a great, great way to describe to people how it is supposed to feel. If you truly do want to do it and it brings you joy, you have something within your body that gets you excited. You feel good, right? It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. torture. <laughs> it doesn't feel like, oh, the dread. You know, I just, I love that. Just tapping into that. Um, so that's excellent advice. And then I like this mindfulness piece 
space when it comes to social media, because I totally agree. And I think sometimes we we don't even tap into how we're feeling. In some cases, social media can be very powerful and inspiring. I mean, people come on here and tell me that they couldn't have gotten through their cancer diagnosis without the support groups on social media. So that in that one way, it can be wonderful. But mm-hmm. then in other ways, if we feel a pang of jealousy or inadequacy or whatever it is, we need to tap into that and decide that we are no longer going to follow that person or engage in that platform or whatever it is, right? This is great yep. advice. So great. Um, well, I I would love to tell our listeners, Shannon, how to find you if they're interested in um, knowing more about what you do or potentially signing on for some um, sports psychology consulting. Um, so can you tell them how to do that? Yeah. So my website is my last name. So it is MulcahyPerformance.com. And you can find me on social media under the same. So Instagram at Mulcahy Performance. Uh, those are really the two biggest ways to find me. I work with athletes all over the world, which is like the coolest part of having a more or less online job. Uh, but, you know, I get a lot of athletes that especially now are, you know, oh, are you only helping people that are struggling or, you know, elite athletes or I get all these questions. Sports psychology is, an amazing thing in that it's literally for everybody. It is if you want to get better. It's if you just want to feel more joy in sport. If you have a goal that you're trying to reach and you've been struggling, you know, it, it's for everyone. It can help with so many different things, whether it's myself or somebody else. Like if you've been contemplating reaching out, go ahead and do so. It You will not regret doing it ever. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we can all benefit from tapping into our mindset and harnessing, you know, the positive mindset and how to, um, you know, harness our own inner strength. So I totally agree and encourage everyone to really consider it. Um, Okay, as we wrap up, I'm going to do a little positivity push at the end, just putting more positive vibes out there. A couple quick little questions for you, Shannon. So are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy and not scary. Here we go. Um, Shannon, a couple things that bring you joy. Ooh, nature and yes. good food. Good food. Yes. Love it. Um, okay. Complete the sentence. And this is going out for t- to our listeners. Um, never forget. Never forget who you are. Yes, I love that. And so true. And it goes along the same lines as also asking yourself, you know, what is it that I want out of this life? Who am I really? Mm-hmm. Um, very powerful. Okay, last one. You can. You can. Complete the sentence. You can. Oh, boy. Um, I, the first thing that's coming to my mind is you can do anything. But it's so true. And you can do anything, especially if you get in the habit of building that skill of asking yourself truly what you want. I think when yeah. it comes from your heart too, the motivation to actually accomplish whatever it is um, just naturally sort of comes as well. Yeah. Um, so awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Absolutely. And listeners, thank you so much for being here today with us. I hope that, um, you know, Shannon has given you some good insight to consider. And I really, really want you to take away um, the that it's so important to build that skill of asking yourself truly, what do you want? And how can you live the life that you have imagined? So thank you so much, listeners. Thank you, Shannon. And connected, we can rise. When you fall.